0: I'm Rev. J. Stewart Glover, and you are listening to Faith Talk. I'm delighted today to be joined by the Rev. Dr. Selma V. Tatum, who has a sacred story to share with our listening audience today. And if I could put a title on today's episode, it would be, and it will be, she believed she could, so she did. So welcome, Rev. Tatum. Thank you for being with us today, and how are you today?
1: I am well, and I am happy finally to be on your program.
0: Amen. Well, thanks again. Thanks for being here. You know, when I um, look at your bio, I'm immediately drawn to the wonderful reality that you are living a life in service to others. And I'm also excited to take this time publicly to congratulate you on receiving your Doctor of Divinity degree on the 20th of May of 2023. So congratulations is very much in order. and God
1: bless you. Thank you. Thank you.
0: All right. So your your bio says that, to, to get a little bit of your background and your journey, your bio says that um, I worked straight out of high school to assist my younger sisters through their schooling and did not pursue a higher education for myself for many years. And then you say they they each have advanced certificates and degrees, but I'm the first one to receive a doctoral degree. So, amen. Amen. And so what was the inspiration for you to, uh, I mean, you put it off. Um, serving other people's needs and meeting other people's needs, ministering to other people. But what was your inspiration to actually pursue this doctoral degree?
1: When I look back on my life, I did not consider it from a, a God point of view. I just did it because it needed to be done. Mm-hmm. And each stage of my life, I now, looking back, know that it was a service that that god was calling me to Mm -hmm. but i was doing too much too fast and just didn't have time to think about it from um you know a christ perspective Mm -hmm. along my way people said to me no you know you 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 have a call on your life and i would just laugh and say well whatever it is i hope it come on because i'm tired (laughs) And, um, but you know, as the bio says at each stage at, you know, at 17 years and four days, I went to work and I worked the next 21 years helping my family do whatever needed to be done. Mm -hmm. And I think that, um, that's not special to me, that's special to the oldest. Mm -hmm. The oldest child sometimes uh, makes many more sacrifices than the ones that are younger.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Mm -hmm. Um, So I didn't see it, you know, in the terms of, quote, Mm -hmm. service. And then my corporate career, um, occasionally I went to church because, you know, that's what I did all of my life since I was like 11, 12 years old. But again... I did not see it as service; it was something that I did.
0: Right, right, right. Well, it was a part of your personality. So, so let me get to this then. You, you had this uh, a desire in you, to a responsibility and obligation just to do what you did in helping others. And, and I, I would go too far and say that God placed that in you. It was a spiritual gift of compassion, leading you to help, support, and assist others. Which you put it is something that I just did, right? Um, what, what I'm excited about is that you responded to this gift, um, but you also took steps to nurture the gift. And, and what I'm getting at is this, sometimes people feel led to ministry and, 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 or helping others and don't recognize the need or the benefit of actually getting trained and educated in order to nurture the gift. Uh, some people will say, well, all I need is the Holy Ghost, and and I can make it. And that that may be true, but I feel as though it's important um, um, as you further your education, you may actually learn something. Um, the same Holy Spirit that called you to service has also called other people to be companions along your ministerial journey, to, to offer training and guidance and, and mentorship. So, um, you know, what you don't want to do, and this is for somebody out there who's perhaps going into the ministry and considering not um furthering their education you don't want to get in a position of helping people and and somehow hurting them unknowingly and and you might (laughs) you might learn something about that if you continue your education so then your bio says that you um again you left your corporate career to raise two grandchildren who are now grown educated and gainfully employed so again it's what a sacrifice in, in response to a very real need. So let me ask you now, um, you were involved in a, in a local church and, and then you, you talk about um, at some point meeting other parenting grandparents. Can you tell me a little bit about that?
1: I saw it uh, in the daily news and I think someone did a write up about this group for Grandparents who were parenting uh, not because they wanted to but because they had to mm-hmm. and I just said oh that's me
2: mm-hmm.
1: and I, I followed it up and it led me to a group in my area but when I got to the group everybody just kept looking at me like well why are you here mm-hmm. and as it turns out um, I was Uh, I would say I was in my early early 40s -hmm. and everybody else in the room was the traditional grandparent that was 65 and older Mm -hmm. and they thought I was lost and I said I am not lost I'm looking to be supported by your group Mm -hmm. but the group met at 11 Mm a.m. and I had a job right So uh, ultimately, I went a few times and I met the woman who coordinates uh, the grandparent program for the New York City Department of Aging. And she told me that, you know, you could be trained to do these support groups Mm -hmm. and then you could set your own hours. Mm -hmm. And uh, ultimately, that's what I did. They trained me to be a mentor for other parenting and grandparents. And I created a group that met at my church on Saturdays. And um, it was a wonderful time of sharing and learning from other people. Mm-hmm. But I found myself uh, being of more service to them than they were to me.
0: Right, right.
1: And, um, and that's just how my life was for the next 10, 15 years.
0: Mm-hmm. So y- you they said.
1: Became,
0: I'm sorry, go They ahead.
1: became like a family.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: And we did things together, um, took the children on trips, um, supported the, each other through the trials of Not only raising your grandchildren, or in some cases, great-grandchildren, but the trauma of having lost your child to death, drugs, jail, whatever the case may be that made you the parenting grandparent. Mm -hmm. And that support is, I would imagine, still needed.
0: Right, for sure.
1: But um, for me, it just... Was it was a support that I needed, but I spent all of those years saying, I don't want to support people anymore. I want to be supported.
0: Right, right, right. Well, you had your needs. And
1: right? Yes, and while I left, when I stopped uh, doing the program, um, my children were in their teens. And on their way through high school, and ultimately one of the older of the two to college. And um, you know, occasionally, the Department of Aging would call me and say, Can you come in and just, you know, do a do a, a, a support for us, because we got a new set of parents.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I'd, be, I'd say, Well, okay, let me look and see what day I'm available. But. Uh, God was in it all the time because, as I said in my bio, I work nonprofit. Um, I was available to go to their little school programs and activities and go on trips with them. And only when the first one graduated from high school did I realize that I now spent 20 years in service. Mhm.
2: Mhm. Praise God
1: and i said well what about me
2: Mm -hmm.
1: and every now and every decade or so i would do what about me and then god i now know would move me on to the next stage
0: well you know self-care is important right
1: yeah very important Mm -hmm. very important otherwise you can burn yourself out you surely do and my uh my immediate uh, supervisor was a um, person of, of support. She was a support to me and my children. And they called her auntie and they love her to death till today. And we have, you know, we've not worked together for a number of years now because we both uh, retired. Mm-hmm. But those were the kinds of relationships that we built. And she always encouraged me to, you can do this. Um, you could go to school. And I'd be like, are you kidding? I'd be asleep before the first 15 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to school. Right. But at any rate, the uh, my granddaughters grew up and uh, were on their own. And I found myself alone, but not alone, but alone. I, you know, I looked around the house and there was no there was no toys, there was no games, Mm -hmm. Um, there was no boys through the teenage years with two teenage daughters, that was a trial. And I said, well, what will I do now? And the answer to that was um, a, a woman who I knew since we were teenagers, and she said to me one day, I'm going to this program at the seminary and I know that you would like it. Mm -hmm. And I said to her, you want me to get up at 7.30 on a Saturday. Every Saturday. (laughs) Every Saturday (laughs) and go all the way to Riverside and 122nd Street Mm -hmm. and stay all day after I do all that. And she said, "Just come. They're doing an open house. Just come and see what it's like. And that was the first step on my own personal educational journey. Amen. Amen. And the next thing I know, I had signed up for it. Um, was figuring out how to pay for it. Right. And um, was getting up every Saturday, going. Amen. And um, met some wonderful people. Uh, as yourself.
0: <laughs> likewise. And likewise.
1: And, and you know, and, and, and so here we are. And um, I finished the first uh, certificate program mm-hmm. and was looking at, um, you know, g- further pursuits. But I said, I can't afford this place. This is crazy. Right. right. So um, yeah. I googled something and i came up with a seminary that was closer to home
2: mm-hmm.
1: and thousands and thousands of dollars cheaper
0: right right
1: and i took the curriculum to uh a minister at church who is a, he's a doctorate. he's got his doctorate his phd mm-hmm. and he teaches at city college And I said, this is their curriculum, and I want to go, but I don't want to do all of that, and it's not equivalent to uh, New York Theological or Union or, you know, something. And he looked it over and came back to me in a few days and said, go for it, because it's just just as well. It's just not as expensive. Right. Right. And so I did. Right. And therein comes the title, She Thought She Could, So She Did.
0: Amen. Amen. And
1: every year, I would say, well, I thought I could, so that's another year. I wound up with a, a bachelor's in um, religious education, mm-hmm. uh, a master's in theology,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and this year, a doctorate of divinity.
0: Wow. That is a wonderful um, journey. And, you know, um, just going back for a second to your, your um, work with the Department of Aging, it just reminds me that, which was certainly a ministry in and of itself, um, that seminary graduates should know that there are different platforms for ministry and every ministry is not from
1: behind a pulpit. Exactly. You
0: know, so... And
1: mm-hmm. I, they should know about me. Mm-hmm. While I now know that God called me to uh, the preaching ministry mm-hmm. several decades before I finally said, okay. Mm-hmm. When I said, okay, I did my initial sermon in Baltimore, Maryland. Mm. And, um... I was licensed there, mm-hmm. and then I came back home because I was living in, in, uh, in Baltimore for uh, three years. Mm-hmm. So while I was there, I said, oh, well, I could do this, and I did. Then I came home, home being New York, mm-hmm. and um, started the um, program at New York Theological. And um, said, well, you know, I started this. Let me see how far it will go. And it was just that simple. Mm -hmm. I was now a licensed minister. I had a registry number and all of that. My home pastor said after a year, he said, I think I'm going to ordain you. I said, me? Mm -hmm. He said, there ain't nobody in the room but me and you. So, yes, you. (laughs) and And he reminded me that when he first came to our was called to our church, um I served as uh, his secretary. Mm-hmm. And one day i wrote I wrote a sermon, And I said, "Here, this is for you to preach." Mm-hmm. And he read it and gave it back to me and said, "Hold on to it. you 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 go need it one day." And it turns out, uh, the title was, A Word Can Make a Difference. Mm -hmm. And I did ultimately use that for my trial sermon.
0: Amen.
1: But I wrote it way before I got to that trial sermon.
0: Amen to that. And
1: I was like, God, you know, you have, you just have the most, most mysterious behavior that I've ever met. And then uh, when I went to seminary, seriously was going to seminary, um, I had a professor who I did not know was suffering from cancer. Mm. And he asked me one day, he said, would you ever consider teaching? And I was, and of course, my usual question, who, me? And again, yes, ain't nobody in this office but me and you. And I said, oh, I don't know. Right now, I'm just trying to do this. And he said, okay, well, we'll see. Well, the man was um, hospitalized about a month later. Mm -hmm. And uh, the registrar called me in her office and said, look, Professor McCullough has recommended you to replace him while he's out. He's out temporarily because he's having surgery, blah, blah, blah. And I and you know, I don't know. I said, okay, because he's an, he, was, he was our English professor mm-hmm. and English and speech. So the end to that long story is I have been I was in the school one year, the second year I started teaching, and I've been teaching ever since. So I am now been teaching for two, four, six, eight. Uh, six years. Wow. And people say, "Well, how did you get the job? I've been here longer than you." And well, I said, "Listen, it was nobody but God, because I didn't ask for the job. I didn't know the man was ill and wouldn't be back. Right. Nothing."
0: And this is in the seminary.
1: <laughs> this is in the seminary. Wow. And mm-hmm. it brought to my remembrance that when I w- when I was sixteen or seventeen, I said I wanted to be a teacher. Wow.
0: And God gave you the and desires my- of your heart
1: he did but the funny part was no one had ever said to me that you could teach adults because I did at that point I was tired of children I had done children I had done grandchildren do not say children to me <laughs> and but here I was with adults older adults some were older than me some were the same age or whatever but um June said to me, you know, people teach college all the time. You know, everybody doesn't have to start out with little people.
2: Right, right.
1: And stop saying you don't like little people. I said, well, I don't. <laughs> but okay, I said, I don't have to teach no little people, it's fine. So, And I have not, and I am <laughs> so satisfied. Amen. I can say in my spirit, I am so satisfied with teaching adults, Um, with having completed you know the three degrees caught up and passed my sisters Mm -hmm. and here I am this is my life
0: well you know I was going to ask you how do you feel having done all this and and being on on the right side of the Lord and you just answered that question you said you're so satisfied
1: I am I am truly satisfied that I've Reached a goal that at some point I didn't even know I had mm-hmm. but now that I reached it and I'm there I'm like wow this is this is great
0: but it wasn't always easy
1: it no, no not at all
0: so what what are what if you don't mind sharing what were some of the things that gave you um, reason for you know turned it into a struggle at times
1: um the biggest struggle was financial uh huh um, finding a place that one could go that was certified mm-hmm. and didn't take and you weren't going to be in debt the rest of your life when you finish right because right, right, right. I had seen other ministers on our staff who you know went to seminary and got masters and doctorates and stuff but they they retired and they still paying student loans.
0: Right, right.
1: And I said that would never be me. I'm gonna find a place that will not require that. And you know, thanks be to God, when I walked across the stage on May 20th, I owed nobody. Wow. Anything.
0: Amen. Now let me ask you one question. Going when I look back at your um, your bio, you say that within the church community facilitated a small group ministry of non-traditional book club of 20 women when was that
1: last September
0: last September uh-huh. so you know again this is this is um now I'm, I'm getting back to the point of of not all uh, ministerial activities from behind the pulpit now here you are with a um, church group of people from the church and maybe maybe some outside of church I don't know that you engage in a, a book club of with women ranging from 38 to 78 years of age and so how, how did that feel for you? This was before the teaching or after or while you're teaching?
1: Um, this is way after well I've been teaching for six years Right um, the the uh, inspiration for the book club was because I love books mm-hmm. and I uh, if I read something and I think it interesting I share it with others who I know are readers mm-hmm. um, I'm on my one two three four fifth bookcase
0: wow.
1: <laughs> in my living room and people are like we can't even sit down <laughs> So I got a fifth bookcase so people could sit down. But um, I've loved books since I was four or five years old. I would go to the library um, every week. We had a a bookmobile that came to my neighborhood because we did not have a brick and mortar library. Mm -hmm. And uh, I've just been a book person ever since then
0: amen so when when the book club met did they meet inside the church building or somewhere else
1: uh they meet in our family life center okay Okay. because we wanted um we're hoping that outside people will want to come and we don't you know and and we know that a lot of people like i'm not going in that church right right so we don't physically meet inside Mm -hmm. the church building we meet um, in, the, in another building which is right next door
0: okay,
1: uh, we have invited other people to come and you know they, they, they come in slowly mm-hmm. uh, people who were in the membership they were like oh I want to come but I, you know the, when we started or when I started the pastor and I agreed that we would not go beyond 20 people because it was unmanageable Right. Um, I, my, I will add to that that I started out studying small groups mm-hmm. and the dynamics of a small group. Mm-hmm. And one of the things it says is never go over 15 or 20 people. Right. Right. And even if you have 20 on the roll, you, you very seldom do, does everybody show up. But if it interests people, they will come. And so I have a variety of people who you would have never, ever thought to put together. Mm -hmm. And that's why I say that God was orchestrating it. I was just saying, you know, leave your name in the church office and this is going to be the first meeting. Right. But after the first two meetings, then we had a waiting list. Mm hmm. And, um, I finally told the secretary, I said, look, we advertised it for two months, extended it for another two weeks. If they didn't sign up, I'm not opening it up now.
0: Right.
1: And, you know, people were like, oh, but, you know, who does she think she is? Mm-hmm. And people that, uh, really know me were like, I don't suggest that you say that. To her you say it to yourself, don't say it to her. And I was like, see, you make people think that I'm awful. <laughs> and it's no, it's not that you're awful, but once you say what you say, you're done with it and they're going to be upset. And so we're trying to save them the trouble. Right. And uh, we went forward from last September. We read uh, at least one book a month. We have some members who read beyond that and so I found myself giving them a choice of this is the book we're reading as a group but here are two more books in case you finish it mm-hmm. because I had a person tell me that she needed to order more than one book because then she wouldn't have to pay shipping right now is that my concern <laughs> <laughs> but okay I'm trying to be nice well, so you know- with the next
0: I I like the idea that um, you brought up the point of when you studied the small groups that you should never go over 20 people. Now, we often think that larger numbers is an indication of success. And that's not always the case, because I would imagine that if you if you have a group over 20 people, not only you mentioned that it was unmanageable, but I think the intimacy and communication would be diluted. And, and it very would, much so. It wouldn't impact the people who are involved. So, I mean, if you had a 20 person limit, that's great. If you got, you know, 50 people on the waiting list, maybe it's time to start another separate
1: group. Um, exactly. And go but forward. I can't get anyone that's currently in the group mm-hmm. to take the lead on a second group. Right. Because mm-hmm. they're afraid they will miss something from the first group.
0: Right. <laughs> Well, it's a, it's a wonderful um, activity. It's a, it's a, it certainly is a ministerial outreach to the community. And, um, you know, it's a, it's a wonderful idea, and it sounds like a lot of fun. And I would imagine that you have some seniors that are coming. You said from 38 to 78 years of age. I, I would imagine that people are bringing them there. If they're 78, they're not coming there on their own.
1: Well, yes, they they come faithfully. The older people come faithfully. Mm -hmm. They will, like, we're due to meet uh, next Sunday. So by Wednesday of the coming week, they will be, uh, we're meeting, right? We're meeting, usual time, usual place. Mm -hmm. Just making sure. I said, okay, I'll see you there. Amen. Amen. And we're having bagels. Mm -hmm. I said, I don't know but we'll have something (laughs) and I tried to make it uh interesting as far as the refreshments go Mm -hmm. I asked them to bring their own beverage Mm -hmm. but we do supply we've been doing bagels for a number of months so they wanted to do something else and I didn't know that one of the members loves to bake Mm -hmm. So she did uh, cherry cheese cake. Mm-hmm. And um, she did something else, key lime pie. Mm-hmm. And she called me today from St. Louis, Missouri to say, I'm thinking about doing lemon pound cake. I said, That's wonderful, but I prefer sour cream. Right. <laughs> <laughs> So she was like, Oh, okay, I'll try it. And now don't be experimenting on us. Right. She says, Well, I'll I'll let you know about Tuesday when I get back. I said, Okay, fine. But those are the little things that you find out about people mm-hmm. that otherwise you would have never known. Right, right. And and one of the other things was I asked the head of our um men's ministry why none of the brothers came Mm -hmm. oh well they don't want to be the only one i said well if they all came then they wouldn't be the only one now would they (laughs) even it's just two of them they wouldn't be the other the only one well he went back and i guess they discussed it and one person said they he he wants to read but his girlfriend doesn't want him with all them women i said well then they got a whole nother problem there's nothing to do with me and the book club
0: right counseling sessions are next door right
1: yeah this is not this is not the i don't counsel this on sunday okay you gotta right. get another day <laughs> because they need counseling there's a trust issue there right and, and and so
0: so let me let me ask you this 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 book club is a wonderful idea of outreach and it's another example of ministerial activity that's that's not from behind the pulpit, um, uh, you know. Some I would imagine some young ministers coming out of the seminary might imagine that the pulpit is the place, and maybe even the only place for their gifts to be used. But there are so many other platforms for ministry and connecting with people that are available. And this is an example of that. You also mentioned that um, you've been recently working with single mothers
1: oh yes i've been working with single young adult mothers Mm -hmm. and they are a right Mm -hmm. and they have so much to give but they 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 have been hurt by the so-called christians right because they're single mothers because they're not married or never been married or whatever the case may be. Right. And um, I have said to them individually because this started out as an individual thing and I talked to one and then she talked to another one and told that when you ought to go talk to Rev because Auntie Rev got the answer. Mm Mm-hmm and and they call the ministry the auntie ministry Mm -hmm. um okay i I have a name but they don't nobody seem to care about my name uh even my biological nieces all, all they ever say is auntie and i'm not the only aunt right but the spirit let me know one night that auntie was who i was and it is my ministry Mhm. And so stop citing the name. Mm-hmm. And once I did that, I wound up with four more people. Mm-hmm. And I wound up with one, two, two and a half adults who are now real adults mm-hmm. and were single parents and so they have a, a wealth of information to share
0: right and they and live and not- they live a, a rough uh, they have a struggle you know um first of all the idea of of having to work and having a child and you know daycare and and <laughs> rent rent prices you know uh it's not an easy journey and, no. and, and, it, and, we, it,
1: and the journey through family court in new york city is horrendous right and you need support and, and more than anything, they are supporting each other. Mm-hmm. I'm just the coordinator or facilitator. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. if it gets too rough, then of course I you know I, I have to step in. Right. right, right. But they have discovered the inner strengths that they themselves have that was never obvious to them. One of them is amazing. She walked the other one through family court, the child finally got child support, finally got the visitation of the father worked out, and now he don't threaten her anymore. Right.
0: Right.
1: And so she is just, they are bonded for life. And that's what you want out of a ministry. You want a bond that cannot be broken. Because if God puts it together, then obviously it can't be broken. Mm-hmm. But they need to know that. They need to know that this is God putting it together, not not me, not, not Reverend Auntie, you know, not the church, but God. Amen. And it just happens to take place within our church. Amen. Well, you, you, you know, you've, um,
0: you've um, demonstrated through these years that you are, in fact, as I opened up with a person who has given their life over to um, serving others, and just because you feel like you need to do it, it's the right thing to do. And I believe that God has given you the gift of compassion and a desire to, to help somebody. You know, there's that old song that says, um, if I could help somebody. Then my life shall not be lived in vain, right? Um, so, 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 um, I'm going to. We're we're just about out of time, but I'm going to certainly keep you in in our prayers. And if oh, the, thank if, you. If there's anything that we can do, um, just let us know. And um, thank you and so much.
1: And feel free to call oh. me. I, you know, I might say a word or two.
0: Okay, we'll do. Will do, will do, will do. So, um, thanks for coming on, and to my Congrats. to the listening audience, you've been listening to Faith Talk, and and I thank you for being part of this listening community, which is growing uh, day by day, and it's beginning to uh, leave a global footprint. Um, I want to ah. thank um, Reverend Tatum for coming on today and sharing her life story. I I sincerely believe that'll be an inspiration. To somebody who's heard something along the way, so I would I, I, I would encourage you to the listening audience to visit the website at www.rev.jstuartglover.com and uh, sign up as a uh, to be on the mailing list or register as a guest on the show. You can also contact me directly by email and voicemail on that website. Thank you so much for listening, Reverend Selma. Thank you so much for being with us today, and God bless you.
1: Anytime. Anytime. God bless you as well and continue on in your ministry.
0: Amen. Thank you so much. Bye-bye.
1: You're welcome.